What's up, everybody? On this episode of Seeking Wisdom, we're doing something a little different. It's episode number 80, and for the first time, we are bringing David's co-founder, Drift CTO, Elias Torres, on the podcast. We've talked about him a bunch. You may remember a story from uh, the first time Elias did CrossFit and threw up. I think he threw up. Let's just go with that. Uh, so anyway, uh, him and David have been working together for 10 years. They've started two companies together. But last week, David sent Elias down to Austin, Texas for a three-day training with Jocko Willink. He is the Navy SEAL that we actually talked about a couple episodes ago, the author of Extreme Ownership. DC sent Elias down to Austin for this training, and he came back a changed man. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So I just want to give you a little context before we hop in. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Elias is an awesome guy. Loved having him uh, on with us and uh, can't wait for you to hear about his trip and what he learned. Don't forget Hypergrowth, September 25th in Boston. It's heating up. We can't wait to see everybody there. Go to hypergrowth.drift.com and you can get your tickets with the promo code Seeking Wisdom. I do that. I show up at people's podcasts. It's absolutely true. One. He has not heard I have one. Not he heard haven't one. listened to a single episode. A single of this. episode. That's who this person Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. That's I actually is. I can't even believe that that's possible. You haven't lo- known him long. The long hype long. around this. You have not lo- known him long. What is it? <sighs> it was it was until I went to Austin and the guy he knew about seeking wisdom. He didn't. That he oh, that like, guy, the that fan. Guy, the fan. That that's when you like, realize. Oh, okay, that's something. I should pay attention to this. Yep. Okay. It's real. Wow. See how we're both. Don't worry. Uh, I got my notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're good to go. We're recording everything. You sure works. you're recording? Everything works. How come it's not blinking? Elias is here. Check. What's the SOP? SOP. Standard operating procedure. It's, unfortunately, it's, it's here. weak. It's weak. They don't have a checklist. Okay. You can't do that. Jocko won't say it's here. I know. You think you could do it the, needs to be written. You think you could do the OODA loop with no, no checklist? Mm-mm. We're going to have to have a There's no way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a question. This is... Um, this is your first. This is Elias's first time on, on the here. podcast. Before we get into what we're gonna get into, um, how I'm, long I'm have excited, you? I'm excited. How I'm long excited. have you known DC? I've known DC for almost ten years now. Uh, okay, so the listeners of the show, which years. there are a lot, there are a lot of listeners of the show, almost twenty thousand a month now. Um, Don't give out those numbers. Oh, man. sorry, my bad. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to give that out. Yeah. Erase that part. Mm-hmm. What would you? Uh, what's something that listeners should know about DC? Oh, come on, man. What's going on here? We've learned over hold 10 on, years. Hold on. Cut. Come on, we got to break the ice. We got to get yeah. you loose. Tell them the story come about, on. Like, about uh, what? the pool, swimming. The swimming? Oh, yeah. The, the, he told us the other day. I didn't remember the story from 10 got, years ago. What is it? 10 years ago. I, I, I was inclined to not say the story that he's telling me to, but I'll tell the story. So, okay. Um, um, so, you, one thing you might not know about us is that he's the introvert, I'm the extrovert. Right? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I like, I, I, I strive with social relationships, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So when I was leaving IBM to, to join DC for uh, Lookery, you know, I had to follow him on something. I don't think it was Instagram. I don't think Instagram Twitter. was around. It was Twitter or something. Wasn't, it wasn't Twitter then. Yeah, of course there was. Course there was? I'm OG Twitter. 09? 07. Uh, maybe 07. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Don't play yourself. <laughs> 
So he posted a picture of him on the beach in Plum Island, right? Okay. And I used to go to that beach. And so when, when I, like, first joined him, I was thinking, hey, like, it's a startup of, like, five people in Massachusetts. I figured we'd spend time together and we'll go to the beach, right? On my first conversation with DC on the job, DC starts telling me about some guy at his previous company that always wanted to go with him to the beach and his family. And DC is like, no, I'm not going to the beach with you. I work with you. I have my personal private life. It's different. I'm a very introverted, you know, close person. And that was the beginning of our relationship <laughs> when I realized I never offer, you know, invite no. DC to go to the beach, right? That's great. Never. That's great. DG never asked no, me to go to the beach. I've no, only, I never we've asked. We've only spent time together once with our families in 10 years. Once. <laughs> once. That's a true story. Amen. Amen. I love it. All right. so That's uh, how you keep relationships alive. It. That's a perfect place yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. All right. So, DC, you, I want you to kick this off because we have Elias on because he just came back from an mm-hmm. unbelievable journey. Uh, you sent The him, journey just begun. The journey has just begun. You sent him down to Austin, Texas. It's funny because we had just done a podcast on this book a couple weeks ago. What's that book? About Jocko. It's called Extreme Ownership. Go and read it. Check it out. Elias had not read the book. No surprise. I still have not read still the book. Still has no. not read the book. Never yeah. heard of Jocko. Yeah. So what happened? When did, where did this idea come from? So, so I, have, uh, I've been, I read this book when it first came out, Jocko Wilnick and, and Leif Babin. Leif. Leif, Leif, Leif Babin. Babin. And uh, <laughs> love this book. What's up, Leif? And it's about uh, taking ownership. Everything that he talks about here is what I think about. And I had heard about him on a podcast about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I knew he held kind of leadership training but a few times a year, right? And this is ex, two ex-Navy SEALs uh, commanders here, hardcore training. And so I thought, who here needs the most structure and discipline? The man sitting next to me, Elias <laughs> Torres. So I signed him up because I know him so well. Of course. I signed him up to go to the, this event yeah. in Austin, Texas. And I knew that he would not even spend five minutes before landing right. and arriving there, even finding out what the conference was about. So I sent them there, knowing that they were going to wake him up at 4.30 a.m., have him do an exercise, running around. And ideally, the last day there was supposed to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu event. And, uh, and I thought <laughs> I could picture – it was worth sending him alone to, th- <laughs> to, to think, picture him getting strangled by a 250-pound yeah, yeah. Navy SEAL. When – okay, when – what actually – before we get into this, though, like, wh- how did this actually happen? Did he call you and say, yeah, I want you to go to this thing? Did he text you and say, I've been thinking, I want to – like, how did you actually uh, get there? I don't know. I think he just sent me a Slack and just said, you're going to this conference. <laughs> and there was, like, okay. There was no the discussion. That's thing about me, though. I'm, I'm, I'm very obedient. You I'm are. I'm open to learning. I listen, and I, and I no, do. No, no, things are true. No, the only thing that matched there was the only thing that I agree with that where I thought he was going to say was he's very spontaneous. Yes. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I'm not surprised that you no, no, said you said you're going yeah. to Austin tomorrow, and he was like, Sure. Okay. No, no, Go I'm ahead. a procrastinator. I just don't think about this. He told me like two months ago. Oh, so you've known for a while you were going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But he never researched it. He said, you're going to this conference and Alicia was doing all the booking. And you thought so it was some... thought about did it. Did you think it was some corny like training thing? I thought or? it was like a tough mutter or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> amazing, dude. So, I don't know. He had no idea. So he <sighs> went. Okay. And we're going to get into what so, he learned when going. Yeah, because we're, we're laughing a lot right now. This is going to be great. But there are... A bunch of amazing lessons. I know you called me on Saturday and you just talked for 40 minutes straight. And I was like, this is something that we need to talk about on, on Seeking Wisdom. Absolutely. And I sent you a message right after and you're like, I had the exact exact same thought. Yeah. And I, I had sent a message to the SLT team here mm. 
uh, before he went and said, I apologize in advance. Elias will come back more obnoxious than he is now after this conference. Because <laughs> he's going to come back with military terms, yes. Navy SEAL. He, has, he already has, he has the wristband he's from Jocko. Yeah. What does it say? Get after it. <laughs> <laughs> so he, is, all right, he has been transformed. Let's dive in here. All right, so People let, got to know. All right, so, well, I mean, but everyone was surprised. Uh, even Jocko was, was surprised because I missed my flight on, on Thursday. And Natural. I almost thought, no, it was not me. It was a hurricane in New okay, York. Okay. But uh, the connection... And so uh, I, I was like, should I go to this conference? It's one of those things. I, I, right. I rarely been to a conference where I have like sat down and, and said, I'm going to go to this session. Mm-hmm. I'm going to this mm-hmm. session. Uh, anyway, so I almost didn't go. Uh, Alicia gets me a, another flight early in the morning. So I actually missed the first, the half of the first day. Okay. So I land in, in Texas. I take an Uber, uh, no, Fasten, and I showed up at this spa in Austin. It's like 140 degree weather, I think. It was really, really hot. And then I walk into the spa and I'm like, where's, is there a conference here? And everyone's in bathrobes and like getting massages and stuff. You're like, this and is they're nice. like, conference is, is down to the right and left. And so I'm excited at, at the beginning, thinking, right. you know, maybe it's yeah, DC really spa, hooked me spa up. vacation. They need to unplug. Never, <laughs> never happening. It's a silent meditation camp or something. Uh, and so when I get there, I walk into this this room, this big auditorium, right, with about, I don't know, over 500 people. And then there's Leif and, and Jocko on stage. So you had no idea. I he didn't know who they were. Never seen either. I've never seen either of them. I don't, I haven't read the book. I don't know what extreme ownership <laughs> is. I don't know. The it's guy, amazing. The guy has a podcast, right? And I don't even know their names because I'm trying to piece all these things together. And when I look, <laughs> Just, when I look around, yeah. everyone is jacked. Arms, sleeves, sleeves, the tattoos, the haircuts. Yeah, it was. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what? How many people were? How many people were there? You think? Five hundred. Yeah. How many CTOs were there? None. Yeah, <laughs> there was. You were the only one. Like, They're all Jack military. The only SAS Everyone guy. Everyone is like firefighters, right. ex-military, uh, <laughs> construction workers. Yep. It was. It was an interesting uh, yeah. crowd. They say they have had different crowds in the different towns, and and I I heard my first talk. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is just full of gems here. I'm like, I get it. I understand what they're talking about. It makes sense. I can use, you know, this information. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited that after the first talk, uh, people were asking questions. And I saw people um, come up to Jocko. Jocko stayed on stage ask, answering questions from people. On, on a, they were standing in line. So everyone went to lunch, and I stayed there. And that's when I got my picture that I sent you. Yep. You know, I got a picture with Jocko. Well, Right about now, if you're watching on video, we'll show we'll show all these pictures. photos. So yeah. and so, what happened was that, and I tell them the story. Yes, I'm here. I'm in tech, you know, startups. My partner sent me here. I didn't know who you were, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "You didn't you don't know who we were? You, you haven't read the book?" And so this became the the my icebreaker with everyone I met in this conference, right? Because they're like, who is this guy who just shows up at this conference, doesn't know anything, talking to everybody, doesn't know who Jocko no. is. It's like, it's what the, are we talking about? I met this woman. She lives in Pensacola, and she buys real estate all over the United States. And she's like, you definitely look like a techie. <laughs> <laughs> show show them on camera now. Let's get into those gems. Yeah. Though. All right. Let, let let's get it. Yeah. So so um, there's there's a couple a couple different nuggets and places that we could go, but like the biggest. I would say the biggest thing was we've we've had a lot of conversations, uh, you know, especially you two, uh, uh, millions of hours on the phone about like scaling the team. Yep. 
right? And as we continue to grow this business, what needs to change? And it sounded like you got something really interesting about uh, there's like a message that we've kind of been hammering home. Like, you know, how do you scale the culture? How do you scale a team? And you, you kind of that was the big takeaway for me from what I heard from you. There's just so many takeaways. I think I'm trying to figure out uh, one of the things that that really uh, one of the, one of the people went and asked the question, and they say, "How do I deal with the, how to create a sense of urgency? How do I deal with uh, people that are not as motivated, right, to do their job? How do I get people to take ownership of this of this stuff? And that's something that every leader, every startup co-founder is always asking themselves." How do you instill this this in, in, in individuals? And like I said, I haven't read the book, but one of the chapters in here, it says there's no bad teams, only bad leaders. Mm. And that's when I realized uh, that we really, in order to scale this company, we have to become better leaders. And it's not just about we are self-motivated, we are energized to do this, we're on this mission to change marketing and change how businesses communicate with their customers, but... Sometimes we feel like our team is, is doesn't feel it the same way. DJ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and DJ. So, <laughs> Excuse me. I started my throat. What throat. happened? So one one of the examples was that um, he talked about dis- discipline equals freedom, mm. and he he's big into into the word dichotomy uh, because me too. You know, David David has both. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so backstory is that Elias has been fighting me for ten years on di- dichotomy. Basically, my I always say that you have to do both, mm. right? And this this violates engineer mindset. Right. So as as an example, it'd be like it's only a zero or a one. Yes, it can be both. Right. Yeah. Like uh, a product, you know, uh, we needs to be it needs to be we need to ship really fast, yeah. and it also needs to be amazing. Yes. And most people don't. It's like, well, David, you can pick one. It yeah. can either be uh, fast or it can be amazing. And I say I pick both. You pick both. and that drives Elias crazy. So it's funny. He goes there, and now he's transformed. He comes back, and he's like, he's all about dichotomies, mm. which he's fought for a decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, life is a dichotomy. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happens that he, he explained this, and he said um, that if you want freedom, like let's say you want financial freedom, yep. you need to exercise financial discipline. Like everyone just wants, like, oh, I want to be able to do whatever I want. Instead, it's like you're going to have to work hard in order to do what you want. And so he instills as a leader that you have to explain the why, uh, uh, what's the mission, why you're doing what we're doing. And I think that those are the areas that we can improve uh, drift, right, in saying, in working with every single person in the team and say, okay, this is why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And you want freedom, you want to have autonomy, you want to have ownership, then take the ownership, right, by exercising discipline. If you are disciplined, you're going to have more ownership and freedom into what you do. And I think that that is really at the core of how we can scale Drift uh, for the next few years. Right? And what do you think? T- what did he say taking ownership means? Taking ownership, uh, it was, look, my personality, right, is, is very simple. I, I, if I have too much stress on me, I can rationalize and say, oh, it was because of that. It was because of the servers died. It was not my code. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because it's the 4th of July, and so people are off, and they're not mm-hmm. buying. Mm-hmm. I can always figure out a reason why it's not my fault. Mm. And what does Jocko say? Jocko says, it's 
you got to take ownership, right? It's actually so there, there's extreme ownership. There's something buried in there because there's something that you say every Friday night at this management meeting that we have. Uh-huh. But he you, can't hear me because I'm not say, Chaco. You say don't get defensive. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. that, this is the it's the same thing, right? Absolutely. But he says it in a better way. Don't get. I don't think don't get <laughs> see, see what I'm saying. Is the right appropriate way of saying There's that? A way. Uh, I think he wants us to take ownership and say, if he says, if you have a bad boss, yep. and the bad boss tells you you got to do ten things, is your job, as one of the tenets of the laws of combat, is prioritize and execute. Uh, you got to make the decision yourself. You mm. prioritize and you go do the first thing. And do you blame? You're not going to blame the boss and say, oh, he gives me ten things. Oh, I got a bad boss. It's terrible. He's asking me to do both. That, that's actually one of that's actually that's one of the. Ownership. This is like could be written by you. That's actually one of the things that you hammer on all the time, right? What do you say? Mm-hmm. You say what, what's the worst answer somebody could give you? I don't know. I don't know. That's right? the worst answer. So if I say if I say to you, I, uh, uh, you gave me ten things I can prioritize. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. say why? I just say I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the best answer though is you say, well, DC. I picked these two things because of X, Y, and Z. I didn't do the other eight because mm-hmm. I decided to focus. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Sounds great. Exactly. Awesome. So that was, you know, we've talked about one thing in the past here is that you have to repeat yourself over and over. And you have to hear it from different people mm-hmm. because it, it's going to take someone saying it in just the right way for it to get to you. And so even though I've been saying everything in this book here to Elias here for years in different ways, it took Jocko saying it in a better way mm. for Elias for him to resonate with extreme ownership, checking the ego, you know, prioritizing and executing, decentralized command, all of the stuff that you see in here we've talked about in different ways. Uh, but you need to hear it from the right person at the right time in the right context for it to get through to you. Mm. But the reason is that I went up to the mountain to bring this tablet for you to read it. <laughs> No, but you need yeah. to, there's <laughs> so true. many there's so many lessons in there that we've talked about on seeking wisdom all the time, right? Yeah. Which is like why 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 you read books, why you listen to podcasts? Because mm-hmm. it might be in reality we say this all the time. Every business book says the same, same freaking thing. three things, yep. but it's just in the right context at the right time that you that you hit it. So yeah. maybe you knew you weren't going to learn anything new at this conference, but sending him to hear it from Jocko, different voice, different voice. Yeah, and uh, and he came back. And uh, tell him, we'll t- talk about the muster in a second. Okay. But he, he's also come back and started to take notes. And so we have photos that we'll post of the notes that he took on the, on the bag <laughs> of a restaurant around here. Uh, you know, he wrote some notes there that I think are, we're, we're incorporating into on- onboarding here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, well, that's what I, I can now do because I get up early in the morning. Oh, why did you start I, that? I get up so I can attack the day. Okay. How many? All right. So this is how many times have we're we recording about getting up early we're, in the morning. We're, we're, we're recording every what day. What time do you get up, DC? Five a.m. He's up at four thirty. Four thirty. All right. That's pretty okay. good. And what was the muster? Tell the people about the muster. The muster. Uh, so yeah, there's this thing. There's this word I cannot even pronounce. It's in French. I think it's like the bugle sound, and that's like at four thirty. Okay. Four forty-five. We met at the tennis courts. Uh, this is at the event. At the event, right? So. Uh, it was a, such a huge lesson on discipline because the night before, we had just finished this barbecue, and we came back, and there was a whole bunch of people at the mm-hmm. um, at the bar at the at the spa, and I was ready, you know, to to party to, to party, get to have a couple drinks, get a couple drinks, yeah. you know, to, get loose, I, get loose, you know, talk to some people, the extrovert, but then I, I thought about it and I said I had to get up early, yeah, I had to get up at four thirty, mm-hmm. so I better I better go to bed. Did you? I went to bed. So Jocko made everyone at the conference get up at 4.30 a.m. Mm. for what he calls the muster. 
to work out outside at 4.30 a.m. to teach them that there's no excuse for not working out every day, whether you have no equipment, no uh, no weights, no equipment, no training, that you can get after it in the morning. Every day. Yeah. I mean, he has an awesome YouTube clip on why he gets up at 4.30, right? And so, but we, we get that. What's, what's your, tell us for the people that aren't going to go listen to it. What, what's the reason he gets up at 4.30? It's something that I've experienced now in my life, right? He says, who's going to be last week. work out at 4.30, right? No in the afternoon. Right. Who, who can do that, right? right? You have family, you have jobs, you have interruptions, you have responsibilities, you have traffic. It's just impossible to do that. And so he says, you got to do it at 4.30, when everyone else is sleeping, including the enemy. Mm. And so he's like, well, that's another thing about Jocko. Jocko is obsessed with the enemy. <laughs> and I think that that's very important. There's a lesson me. in there. There's a huge lesson. Right? Save that. Let's come back okay, to that. Keep, keep talking about, so the 430. 430. That's the only time in the day that you actually have to yourself. Yeah. Everybody at night wants to get drinks. You got to go meet with, uh, you know, investors, recruiting, whatever, mm-hmm. team, people want to party. Yeah. Nobody's asking you to do that at 430 in the morning. Nobody. It's amazing. There's just no one. Around at four thirty. Okay, morning. so you've done you've done this ever since you you've gotten up at four thirty every day. Since is, I came back, is it hard? Austin. Yeah. Uh, so I was getting up around six thirty. Yeah. So this is two hours earlier. Uh, it's been tough. I've been doing a lot of yawning. I'm gonna confess. The first day I did it, right? I, I was uh, I was in Cape Cod. I had just driven almost twenty four hours up awake. You know, coming back from Austin, uh, I wake up at four thirty uh, the following day. And I go do the exercises that I did at the conference. Okay. So I follow the same routine. I found this app on I, on the iPhone that can uh, keep track of the uh, intervals and the timing. Mm. And, and so I went and did it on the beach. It was amazing, right? The, the sunrise was coming up. It was exhausting. I was so tired because I got up at 4.30 and I exercised that I came back to the house. I showered. And I fell asleep again. <laughs> <laughs> this is now what Jocko was doing. Well, I Jocko, did it though. I got up. Jocko. I got up. That was my first day. Yeah. And it's been a progression. Every day, I am tired. It, it hits me. Yeah. But today is my best day so far. Mm-hmm. I, I got up. I drove into town. I did my yoga class at the gym. I 6 a.m. yoga. I'm amazing. Yoga. I saw I've been watching the inter- Are you going to bed earlier? Is anything different? Absolutely. Every day now. I run home. I'm, it's like. <laughs> He's it's, like DC now. It's, it's not going to he bed. understands me. And I'm it's like, not, I got to go home. I got to go to bed. Yeah. You know, it's like I can't stay up. It's like 1030. I'm freaking out mm-hmm. because I know it's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that that discipline, it's the fact that it, it, it's more work the night before to get up early yeah, than totally. the day itself. Totally. Yeah. And the other thing is that I saw in Jocko, if you follow him on Instagram, he posts a picture every, every day, day of his watch getting up, right? Accountability. Getting after it. Accountability. And I've been doing that. I, I've been doing it as an Instagram story. And so, like, I know a lot of you guys are watching and saying, like, okay, uh, did he do it? Did he still, is he still waking What's up? What's your before? Instagram uh, uh, name? Elias Torres. Yep. So, E-L-I-A-S Torres. Follow him and make sure to keep him accountable. Keep him accountable. If you don't see it every day coming yeah. across, please send them a message and let me know so that we can get after him. I love him. it. And, and so, that, so that's really what makes me get up. Right? Right. Like I have to do it. Right? I need to show that I have discipline because what I want is freedom. Because you have that, those are hours in the day. You have kids, right? You have three yeah. kids. You got to work. You got to do all this other stuff. Those are two hours in the day that you basically got as bonus time yeah. now. Because before I would get up at what I would get up at six thirty, but the focus at that moment is get the kids ready, take them to school. It's instant chaos it, once you wake ca- up. I get up and we're on the go, and there's no time to do anything for myself. Yeah. But at four thirty, 
I just gave myself two hours that I wasn't really using them at night, and it was just a waste of time. Anyway, DC is so happy. Right so now. happy. It's unbelievable. So happy, it's got to feel amazing. We're converting. I'm gonna shave my head. This wasn't intentional. One percent of the time, we're converting into that morning ritual. Yeah. All right. So a couple other, couple other things. All right. So you started to go down this path about uh, he's obsessed with the enemy, right? Explain that. Yeah, I think that. I was telling, I was, I was talking to all the all the Jocko followers, the disciples at the conference, and it was crazy. Because the band of brothers. Yeah. Everyone over there. No, I'm just saying, like everyone attending, it's just like huge fans. These people had gone to multiple times to the same conference, right. and they were like, kind of like surprised and upset that I didn't know who he was, right? Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I, w- I was learning there, right, is that. I, I kept saying to some people, I don't think I'm a disciplined individual, right? I think I'm a, just pure energy, you know, I improvise, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spontaneous person. Mm-hmm. But they kept saying to me, no, you you must be disciplined, right? Because look at what you've done, look right. how hard you work. Right. Um, I never have you a You didn't tell day. them about me. No. <laughs> I, I am the disciplined in his like, life. Yeah, he's like, I just, uh, you know. He's got two sources of discipline in his life. His wife and me. Mm-hmm. So me calling him at 6.30 in the morning, ring, 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 ring. Right. Where are you? Fuck. I'm are you going to work? <laughs> What's going on? Are you coming? Are you coming? Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> like at 6.30. What do you mean? Where am I? Yeah. I have to make sure that he actually comes because yeah. it might be spontaneous somewhere else. <laughs> like at home, I'm not like the, the working guy. Like, you know, it's not like I get up on Saturday and I'm going to go fix the garage door and like, no. you know, get this, the leaks or, or hang frames on the wall. Definitely not that type of guy. Mm. Like I'd rather go and like, hang out with other people. Kiteboard. Um, but at work, I, I'm focused, right? I, I work every day. For sure. Yeah. So I have discipline, but I didn't realize that it's just a discipline that it's built inside of me. But the reality is you need to focus on something externally, right? What about the enemy? And so with the enemy is that, first of all, you got to keep your ego in check. Mm-hmm. you got to respect the enemy. I heard that, DJ, respect the enemy. Mm. you got to be confident. You cannot be cocky. You gotta be humble. You can't be passive. See the dichotomies, everyone. I'm just reading your notes. You said um, you blow up their, you blow up the enemy's ego to disarm them. That's interesting. That's a, that's okay. a psyop. All right, we're that's getting a there. Special psyop. We're getting there later. Psyop. psyop. You, okay. You're confusing uh, the notes here. But uh, what we're focusing with the enemy is that you respect the enemy and you prepare and you plan for battle at all times. And you don't know what the enemy might be doing. So you need to find out every possible thing that the enemy could do. Mm. Which is very different because our natural tendency is to disrespect the enemy, yep. to discount the enemy. Fuck those guys. Yeah, Who forget cares? those guys. Yeah. But he came back saying we're going to respect the yeah. enemy. We respect the enemy and we, we know we can beat them. Right. Right? We know we can do that, but we're still not going to disrespect and, and under-prepare, under-plan for right. the war. So a lot of people that listen to this are... You know, they work in startups, they're business people. Mm-hmm. How, do, how did you translate that lesson into like what we can do at Drift, right? It's because, you know, at the end of the day, we have enemies, right? But we don't have enemies like Jocko has enemies. So what did you take away from the whole That's not like. That's what Jocko says. Tell me. We do have enemies. Okay. Of course. He says he gets up every morning and he's thinking about his competitors. Mm. And I don't think this guy has a competitor, right? Because he has a very unique uh, proposition. For sure. But at the end of the day, he's competing with many other gurus that, are, that could come to a company. And do training, right? Mm. And so he has to get after it. It's that discipline that makes him get up, prepare, work out, and do more work. He There was a story where he's talking about a bad boss uh, or, or somebody talking smack in the company and you're, like, not getting the promotion or something. And he says, this is my technique. You ignore them and you outwork them. 
And this guy goes, you work and you work and you work and you work until this guy has nothing else to talk about except that you outwork them to death. Mm. And so this is the mindset, right? And so I think we, right, we, but that's the I mean, DC, we could send him off on a on a bomb right now because this is the this is a, them back. this is a topic that we've talked about a lot is that today there's a, there's a big sense of entitlement, right? Especially in the Don't get me started, bro. in the in the industry that we live in, right? So you're saying his approach I'm is like another one of the seltzers, but no name, no name brand. No name brand, crack one of those. It's just a seltzer if you're listening at, at generic home. seltzer. Cuz I haven't gotten my free case of seltzer yet. From that company it's I mentioned before, we just plug them. All we do is plug them. But but the point is like you, you took that you take the discipline to outwork them instead of saying, oh why that person's been here. Like same reason you say you mm-hmm. say I don't want to do promotions based on time, right? Yeah, I hate just it. because somebody's been here for a year doesn't mean you just automatically get more money and get a promotion. Mm-hmm. That works at the post office. Mm. Another thing about the enemy is that he he mentioned that you always have to be planning and. The reality is that you might be understaffed or you might have less resources than, than, than the enemy, right? But there's one thing that you can always uh, beat them on, and that's on aggressiveness. So this is where he said default, the default, default to aggressive. aggressive. I need to read the book again. I, I don't, it's just, they just use this thing called default aggressive. Okay. When you act, right, in the OODA loop, which is observe, orient, decide, and act, mm. when you take in that last step, you know, when you're making the, you know, taking the action, you need to choose to always act default aggressive. Because Woo! because what, what loop. So all right, so what's the le- what's what do you take out of that? Like how yeah. how does that translate back to what we do every day? Oh. I love the OODA loop and I love that concept because uh because I think there's um the simple way to think that I think about it is like there's a time to um to do retrospective, I've got the debrief. debrief. Do the debrief, oh, which is like to go into like, should we do it this way? Should we have we done it that way? To kind of like have that discussion, but then, but that's very different time and place from when you're in the midst of of observing, orienting yourself, deciding on something, and then taking action. When it's time to get after and go for it, go a hundred percent in, and then know that you're going to have those other times. Right back to ebbs and flows where you're going to step back, assess, and understand, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times we mix those things up. And when it's a time to act, we may be in a time of uh, thinking and, you know, observing and do retrospectives when it's actually the time they act. So you just got to know how to take Yeah, that or just even in your day-to-day stuff, like you could do, you could spend your day doing three things and doing them 15, 20% each. Mm. Or if you pick one thing, which we talked about all the time, the yeah. one, they're going deep on that one thing. And hit it hard. Yeah. Go in and then take the time once you're outside of that loop to actually understand how, what you could have done better. All right. I think you hear sometimes in, in the tech world, it's like how... A lot of founders don't want to name their competitors, right? And they're like... Every time we talk, we were oh, just talking we about this. Oh, no, we don't have competitors. This is a whole new market new for market, us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's niche. Oh, no, they do this and we do it a slightly different. We don't really compete, right? But that's not what Jocko says, right? Jocko has to have the focus, that external focus. That There's always someone out there yeah. getting up earlier, preparing more than you possibly, right? And you need to be out doing them. Right. Even if we don't think we, even if you don't think there's a direct competitor, there's something else competing for somebody's attention, for sure. time, mind share, whatever it is. Uh, all right. Two other things, and then and then I want to so I want to talk about the debrief, and I want to wrap up and talk about onboarding. So let's talk about the debrief because this goes. But when he started talking about the debrief, the first thing this reminded me of is Bill Walsh. 
Yep. Standard of performance. Yep. Right? Yep. After always. the game, breaking down the tape, right? Everything. So, and always having it, right? The standard always. performance, right? That that wasn't a time, it's not to be taken as criticism, but it's like we're going to learn, uh, every time we act, we're going to have time to learn from that action. Totally. And I think we, we have a lot of those principles that drift. I think that Jocko's book and, and outline is giving us more structure, and that's where the, the paperback notes came came from, that we need to structure this because what happens is that in order to scale, we can't have, you know, DC and myself explaining every single instance to every single new uh, team member, right, every time they join for months explaining how we do things, right? And But what happens... Uh, and we've, we've been pushing always to everyone to be very open and, and listen to feedback and not, you know, get defensive, you know, as we as we like to say here. But the reality is that I was talking to the, uh, this guy, David Burke, who is a, an even much bigger badass than Jocko. He doesn't look it. He's like the skinny guy, but he brought on the most heat when he gave the talk on the OODA loop. He's a Top Gun, you know, fighter jet pilot, David Burke, uh, which... You know, definitely uh, I made a really good connection because he's telling me this story uh, over lunch where he's done 400 landings, right, uh, out, of, out of sea with, the, with his uh, fighter jets. And he said most of them were good. Some were very few were really, really good. Some were okay. Some were bad. But he never really crashed the, the plane. Yet for every single landing, he had a debrief. For and 400. 400 landings, and this guy is sitting down with a whole bunch of uh, experts, right, and professionals, and going through every single step in the landing and identify small mistakes that he made in order so that he can get better. Damn. And Damn. So, you know what I'm thinking about? What's that? <clears throat> I do that sometimes, right? Sometimes. Like, then that's the biggest That's the biggest change, right? Like, we do it sometimes. Yeah, that's the, the discipline checklist. to do it every single freaking time is what... After it, 400 that's times. That's the difference, right? Yeah. And, and, and so he was, he, I was like, um, how do, you know, how do we, how do we do this? How do we, how do we teach this? And I think what I got, I, you know, pieces of the conversation I had with Jocko and privately and, and then David, um, is that I came up with, I think it's like, I was sharing with David, three ways of, of giving feedback here to the team. The first one is that we're going to focus our time on, on creating a better training onboarding uh, mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. That is, when you first join Drift, yep. I got this, this directly from Jocko. He says, train him, spend a day, two days, three days on showing everyone here that joins, mm. how do we do things here? Mm-hmm. Isn't there, wasn't there like a Colin Powell uh, tweet or something or, or oh, something yeah. that he talked about mm-hmm. that you, you've you mentioned before about that? Like, Definitely, about investing, over-investing in training, right? Like, right, like... If you tell somebody this is going to be hard as hell up front, that completely changes the expectation. Like, totally. I'm going to hammer on you, right? Mm-hmm. But if you've never had that expectation, setting it up front yeah. sets the tone for how this is going to be and the Colin, first three months. And Colin Powell said in one of his books that what he would do with – and this was, was with his the closest people to, to him, his aides. He had multiple aides. Was that, that here's the training process that we have. You know, for some amount of time, I'm going to be micromanaging you on every single detail – for months, every, the smallest detail. And then after that amount of time, uh, when you're starting to pick those up, I'll start to pull away some more, and, but I'll still be involved. And then ultimately, there's going to come a point where you have mastery, you've exhibited mastery, and then you'll barely see me. You'll barely get feedback from me. I and mean, that is the progression that you're going to go through. But everyone's going to go through that super hands-on micromanage until they can almost like, 
you know, uh, through osmosis and right. the learning, learn what the pattern is. Right. So like you both as founders getting super involved in onboarding now, right? Mm-hmm. He's the equivalent of that, right? Yep. You're like, this is how we're going to scale this. It's going to oh, be onboarding. Yeah. It's going to be the first week, whatever. We're going to throw it all on the table. Yeah. yeah we recently had a, a group of HR professionals from Boston and with companies like as large as 250 people in some cases, and they had just hired for an HR position to create onboarding at a company, right? So we're going to start that much earlier here at Drift, uh, create that onboarding process that is, you know, run by us mm-hmm. to really teach people the why of the mission yep. and how do we do things and, and teach these principles like discipline equals freedom, taking ownership, right? Uh, so training is the first one, training before we start doing that. The second one is debriefing, right? Is that it's very different to say we're going to debrief and we're going to go talk about it, right? It's kind of like a retrospective. But it's happening after each mission, right? Uh, as soon as you get back in the, uh, you know, from the field, and that's the moment where you're going to go talk about mistakes. But it helps the individual to know that we're going to do that, yep. and that is normal and is part of the process here at Drift. And so, as I was pushing David for more like, you know, ideas of how to implement this, this David, no, or the other David, the badass David, oh, the badass one, <laughs> not, the, not me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so what happened, <laughs> what he said was, he said, you as a leader need to debrief yourself in front of your people. This is amazing. He's like, next time you do something, you take on your own individual mission, then you do it in front of them and you show and you criticize your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, yeah, I made a mistake like that before, but let's talk about your mistakes. Instead, he's like, you do it yourself and you show them that it's okay for you to talk about your own mistakes. Mm. Why do you love that? Mm, mm, mm. I love it. Why? Why? Uh, because I think it, because it's the ultimate, because it fuses a bunch of things that we've talked about. The battle between ego and humility. Uh, the other one is kind of accelerating learning, right? which we're all about accelerating learning, a.k.a. hypergrowth, right? See you September 25th mm. in Boston. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets now, Seeking Wisdom promo code. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're all about accelerated learning. One of the best ways to accelerate your learning is to be critical hypercritical about your the stuff that you do yeah and then the third one is is that real-time pounding as we called it uh, <laughs> during the conference which is you know if, if somebody is making a mistake and you're in the middle of the battle you're not going to let that person blow up you know their face you know if they're mishandling the gun you gotta tell them you gotta tell them right there no you gotta improve it you're making a mistake and so those are the three uh categories and i think if we explain them if we if we take the discipline to deliver feedback in those ways, it's going to be much easier and clearer for the whole team. I love right. it. All right. There's so much we could talk about, but you guys got to go. We got to get out of here. All right. T- send us out of here. So if you like this episode, mm. go to Apple Podcasts. Uh-huh. They renamed it from iTunes. Thank I've God. been slipping and calling iTunes. Yeah. Apple Podcast app. Yeah. You can do it on your mobile phone. Yeah. Leave a six-star review. If that fails, right, observe, orient, decide, and then act – on leaving a five-star review. Shout out Amy and DHD. And if you like this guy here, yeah. Elias, and you want him back, if you could understand him, you yeah. can speak Spanglish. You know, I'm Spanglish too. We'll have him but back. Like, we'll have him back no for bueno, some more. No bueno. We'll no have bueno. him back. Yeah. Elias, so, you got anything to say to Five-star reviews only. Hyper growth. Do I have to go to another conference <laughs> so I can get invited again? Or? You should be good. You, you should, should be, be good. good. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see if the people like you in the end. We'll, we'll debrief on this All right. episode. See everyone at, uh, at Hypergrowth, September 25th. Heating it's going to be real. Heating and you're going to meet 
Elias Torres in the flesh, and he's going to drop you some science on OODA loops. Mm. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm link it up. I'm going to be waking up at 444 in the morning. Please, Please. hold this guy accountable. Please. I right, need we're help. Out. We're out. About them, but they haven't sent us free stuff. Yeah, they haven't done anything. Talk into the mic for a second. Bro, is this how the, this how <laughs> we do the I just froze. <laughs> he just froze. He didn't even say testing. Testing one, two, three. Testing. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah.